Welcome to the Books Talk podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. This program was recorded at the Walt Branch Library on March 31, 2016. Scott from the Bennett Martin Public Library leads a group discussion of favorite mystery books in celebration of the 100th meeting of the Just Desserts Mystery Discussion Group. Just Desserts began as a mystery discussion group at the Bennett Martin Library downtown in 2006. Uh, we, we basically were looking, uh, we knew that Bethany and Gear Branch already had book groups that were sort of assigned to them and, and that they were ongoing and were very strong at that point. And so we were looking for something that we could start at the downtown location. And downtown is considered to be both Bennett Martin and South Branch at 27th and South Street. So something that would be a downtown book group. We actually started two at the same exact time, uh, Just Desserts, uh, which basically follows the pattern of everybody in the group reads the book, we all get together, we discuss it, and of course we gorge ourselves on horribly fattening desserts. Uh, the other group was a courtyard book chats group, which took place in the central courtyard at Bennett Martin, if you're familiar with the, um, the physicality of that building, and then occasionally it also took place in the park right across N Street from the library downtown. And that group had sporadic attendance, and ev- eventually uh, it didn't have enough to justify it continuing to go on. However, Just Desserts has remained steady over the years. I will say, uh, with Tracy having just walked in the door, and, an, and another guest, that we're now at 46 people here tonight. Wow. Our, our, pre- our previous high attendance is 37 at our very first meeting. So thank you very much for making this a very special meeting for all of us. The very first meeting, uh, we did a lot of publicity, especially on the campus, had 37 people, more than half of which were university students. And we sort of laid the groundwork, which was we would assign a book, everybody would read it, people were encouraged. At that point, everybody was encouraged to bring a dessert every month. We soon learned the folly of that when we didn't have space to put all the desserts. But the idea was bring a dessert, have read read the book already, and then we would all discuss that book. Uh, We quickly added at the end of the meetings a round robin because not only did people want to talk about the book that we had assigned, but they also wanted to share what else they had been reading, and that has almost become as popular part of our meetings, that um, second half of the meeting where we do a round robin, as the discussion of the primary book. Um, So that has definitely continued to this day. We met uh, for the first year and a half, two years at Benna Martin, and then due to budget cuts, and whatnot, uh, Ben and Martin lost its evening hours. Um, so we still wanted to continue in the evenings. We moved to the other downtown library, South Branch at 27th and South Street, where we have continued to this day. We have actually had, this is the fourth time we've met here at Walt Branch due to a variety of circumstances, either uh, heating systems not working properly or whatever, just a variety of different things that have caused us to meet here. But we still consider ourselves the downtown book group and will continue to be a downtown book group. Um, we are continuing to hope that Ben and Martin resumes evening hours, and if it does, guess who's moving back to Benna Martin? Just desserts. Um, but in the meantime, South Branch will continue to be our home um, until that time. Uh, we will be continuing with our normal meetings starting again next month. I, I will say, in, in the trivia questions, I tried to inject a number of descriptions of things specific to this group, such as, in such and such a month, the Just Desserts group began doing such and such. So notice that as you're reading the trivia questions, and if you don't want to turn in your trivia questions for the contest, uh, you can hang on to it and take it home with you. That's perfectly fine. And there's plenty of extra copies as well. One of the things we started three years ago was every May is what we call our Series Share Month. Um, Instead of everybody reading the exact same book and discussing it, 
everyone is encouraged to read the first or second volume of a brand new series that has started within the last two to three years, something that most likely the other group members probably haven't stumbled across. And then we do a round robin for the entire meeting where everybody talks about what they read, um, gives us a little uh, nutshell description of the series that they introduced themselves to, and that gives us an excellent uh, reading list for people to get suggestions for new series to start. We are continuing that with this May. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Anybody have any questions about how Just Desserts operates or what we've done over these years, or shall we jump right into our recommendations? <coughs> no hands raising. Okay. I will start the recommendations. The, the idea here was share your all-time favorite mystery novel or short story collection. I debated between two different things, and I have the one I'm going to talk about on the table, so let me grab that. <coughs> My first choice was going to be what mystery novel got me into the mystery uh, genre as a reader in the first place. Um, and so I reread it within the last three days um, and decided it was a fun book at the time, but it, it's not a spectacular book. So I would hold off on that. And I went with my second choice, which is cheating because it's a book about other books. Uh, this is called They Died in Vain, Overlooked underappreciated and forgotten mystery novels. It is edited by Jim Huang, H-U-A-N-G. If people are wanting to take notes about things that you hear, learn about tonight, that's perfectly fine, but um, we will also be putting together um, a printed list of everything that everybody recommends, which will be shared on our, our website, um, the, the library's website, and um, our um, Just Desserts blog. Yes, we have a blog for Just Desserts that we post news in. Um, so you don't necessarily have to take notes, but feel free if you want. Uh, so Jim Huang edited this. This is the second of a trilogy of reference books dealing with the mystery field, uh, which I highly recommend all three of them. The first one dealt with um, 100 underappreciated mysteries of all time, and the third one is mysteries that have inspired or influenced other mysteries. All three of these volumes basically tap into a network of used and specialty bookstores, the places where you basically go to buy your mystery novels. For instance, there's a mystery uh, bookstore just off of the um, um, downtown area in Omaha. Um, I highly recommend visiting it. It's got a wonderful selection, but they only cover new books. They don't have used books. Those <laughs> bookstore owners, editors, etc., uh, basically contributed a suggestion. In this particular case, in They Died in Vain, they wanted to shine a light on an obscure mystery novel that they wish had remained in print or that was more commonly available. So this is an entire collection of recommendations from mystery bookstore owners for you of mysteries that they, as intense readers of mysteries would highly recommend. So I would say the library has They Died in Vain. The library does not have the other two volumes. I will include them in our list when we put it online. In case you'd like to order them through our interlibrary loan service for $2.50, you can get any book that the Lincoln City Libraries doesn't own sent to you here in Lincoln and borrow it for the standard three weeks. So I encourage you to track those down. If you are looking for excellent recommendations, you're not getting just one from me. You're getting close to 200 from me in this trilogy of reference volumes. So, They Died in Vain by Jim Huang is my title, and I will ask which of you would like to go first. I can go. All right. I'm going to pass the um, mic on, say your first name, and what you're recommending. Hi, I'm Erin. Um, I actually work at UNL. Actually, this is a series, but I think my probably my favorite book out of this series, it's by Carrie Bibris, and I'm a big Jane Austen fan, so I really like um, this, this series because it's... Um, 
Mr. and Mrs. Darcy Mysteries, that's what it's called. And what she basically has done is uh, she's written um, a book to correspond with each of Jane Austen's novels. So probably my favorite out of these was um, North by North Hanger, which is based on North Hanger Abbey. Um, and of course, there's Suspense and Sensibility. And she's done one for all the uh, for Pride and Prejudice and for Emma and all those. So um, those would be what I rec would recommend. They're really good. And who was the author again? Uh, Carrie Bebris, B E B R I S. Thank you. Sure. I'm pass the microphone on. Sure. As a lot of you know, I like to read real easy reading books, right, everybody? <laughs> you don't agree? Gee. <laughs> Oh, ye of faint heart, right? <laughs> well, the author I chose in the book is probably a little disturbing. It's called John Connolly's The Killing Kind. Now, Charlie Parker has two good friends. They are called, let me see. <laughs> I didn't write it down because I thought I'd remember. Anyway, Lewis and, is a killer. He's an assassin, and his friend is a thief, but he's also an assassin. But he also has Jackie, and he can call on the Fulci brothers. They make Jack Reacher look small. <laughs> the wardens in all the prisons don't want him in their prison because they scare the other prisoners, especially the serial killers. Even though John Connolly is from Dublin, Ireland, he lives there, Charlie Parker series uh, set in Portland, Maine, Boston, Booth Bay Harbor. If you've been to those places, fresh lobster, <clears throat> great. Anyway, this focuses on Grace Peltier's thesis, master thesis on the Aristotle Baptist. And why, what happened to them? They're very calm, sedate, set. They disappeared. The first chapter, they're doing an excavation and they find some bones. They pull in some forensic anthropologists. They're the remains of the Aristotle Baptists. Well, enter the fellowship, one of the meanest cult you'll ever think. Their leader is Carter Paragon, and their enforcer is Elias Pudd. He uses, he has gloves. It involves poisonous arachnids, and when he shakes your hand, he injects that poison in you. And if you don't get the antidote, you'll die. Now, also, you have the golem. But he meets Elias Pud, and you don't want to know what happens to him. I could describe it, but you don't know what happens to him. So anyway, this all involves, in his first book, his wife and daughter. I won't describe that. It's called Every Dead Thing. I talked about that in January. You don't want me to describe what happened to them again. He's married again, and he gets the Fulci brothers to protect them. Well, they scare his wife and daughter, so they have to stay hidden. They they'd scare Jack Reacher, quite frankly. And so it, it goes, it weaves its way through this. How is he going to protect his family and him, because he's the target for all this? He, he decides he's going to get revenge on the fellowship. How does he do it? Thank God to read the book. Find out. <laughs> I'm Carolyn, a retired teacher and librarian. And I kind of had Scott's 
line of thinking. I wanted to um, talk about the first mystery I ever read, which was the Yellow House Mystery by Gertrude Chandler Warner, uh, <laughs> one of those. And so I checked it out and reread it. It got me into reading mysteries. And I have a lot of favorites and a lot of favorite series, but Elizabeth Peters and her series that takes place in Egypt, she and her husband are Egyptian archaeologists. Well, actually, he is, and she helps out. Great, great mysteries. I've enjoyed them and enjoyed the um, archaeology part and learning about history. Sue Grafton, can't go wrong. Jack Reacher in Lee Child's books, I love him on audio. Dick Hill is the narrator, the reader. He is fantastic. And my last and latest greatest love is Spencer Quinn with Chet and Bernie, Bernie <laughs> the dog and, and his owner, private investigator. And I've been listening to those on audio also, and those are my latest favorite. Thank you, Carol. My name is Julie, and I'm a librarian down at Bennett Martin Public Library, and I'm really glad to be here. I like a lot of mysteries, but one that this is one that I've always kind of come back to. It's just kind of stuck in my mind. It's called The Draining Lake, and it's by, I'm going to massacre the name because he's from Iceland, Arnaldur Indry Dason, something like that. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to say it. But what draws me to this book is that it's set in Iceland, it's a mystery. It's intrigue. It's about they discover a lake is draining and it's losing all the water. So you're learning about the history and the politics and the environment of Iceland while you read about it. And in the bottom of the draining lake is a body. And the body has a radio wrapped around it from the Cold War. So this is a mystery that takes them back 50, 60 years, you know, back into the Cold War. It involves college kids. You really get to know Erlander, which is the inspector, and there's a whole, you know, how a lot of books have all the underlayers. This, the underlayer, is the loneliness, and um, so the loneliness of the people, you know, that were murdered versus the loneliness of the inspector, all set in Iceland, and you learn a lot about Iceland. Now, I never read books in order. This is the fourth in a series, so it is a whole series. You can start with the first one if you want. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Melba. And my books don't sound nearly as intriguing as <laughs> everybody else's. I chose the first book is called Free Man of Color, and there's 12 <laughs> books. I love historical fiction. So um, I really like these a lot because they're in 1830s in New Orleans. And um, the author is Barbara Hambly, and she really did a lot of um, research and looking into what it was really like. So this is a gentleman who comes from originally America. As a child, he goes to France, is educated, comes back, and finds what the real world is like in this country. So very good, very good series of books. I enjoyed them a lot. Thanks. But I love mysteries. I'm Linda, and I am standing up. <laughs> I had a lot of difficulty deciding what I wanted to talk about. One of your fellow librarians got me started a long time ago on Rex Stout, and I've read everything about Nero Wolf and Archie. The one I decided to talk about was one by Alexander McCall Smith. It's number one ladies' detective agency, yes. and that's a series. 
And what I liked about this is it was completely different from anything I've ever read before. And the reasoning behind her solution to the mystery was so different from anything that I'd ever seen before. And I just enjoyed learning about Africa and about the people and the customs, and I like that. The other one that I liked, which I'm going to talk about, are the Anna, Anna Pigeon books, yeah. Nevada, Nevada Bar. Bar. Yeah. And I got hooked on Track of the Cat. She's and I, a new one coming out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like those because I don't like wimpy women. <laughs> I like women that can actually think and do so and aren't crippled by scary things. I'm Marley. I've been reading since probably middle school mysteries, but uh, one of my favorite authors, may he rest in book heaven, is Robert B. Parker. I love the Spencer and the Jesse Stone and the um, Virgil Cole um, mysteries. Virgil Cole and Everett Hutch, it's a Western yeah. mystery, and I really enjoy those. And there are authors that are continuing his writing, so I'm still reading everything that comes out. My name is Mary, and, you know, there's too many to choose, so I guess I went with a favorite, To Kill a Mockingbird, possibly brought forth by one of the first ones I probably read, and we just recently lost Harper Lee. And although she has a sequel, I think more of a what might have been a sequel would have been um, A Time to Kill by John Grisham, which mm -hmm. was still kind of the same racial controversy and outcome in that. I, uh, there's many I like. I thought about the first series I read in high school because the first couple of days I didn't have homework, and that was Earl Stanley Gardner, Perry Mason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but those are the ones I like, and all of them. Um, my name is Sarah, and I've never been much of a reader, but I recently retired, so I'm going to take your suggestions and start. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Mary, and I also had a difficult time deciding who I was going to pick, but in the end I decided David Baldacci is one of my favorite authors, and I have never read a book that he wrote that wasn't wonderful. But the Camel Club series was, is a favorite between my husband and I, and we've listened to all of them driving in the car somewhere, and just intriguing, the, the, all the underpinnings of government and what goes on, and he weaves such a good story. And his last one, The Memory Man, I thought was just excellent also. But The Camel Club, the four books in that are really my favorite. I'm Vera, and I had a hard time deciding between Michael Connolly and Louise Penny because um, uh, Harry Bosch has won my heart forever. Yes. But uh, <laughs> he's the other man in your life, right? <laughs> Yes. This is the other man in my life. <laughs> but I actually chose uh, The Beautiful Mystery by Louise Penny. She's a Canadian author. She just gets better and better and better and better as you read her. Her depth is profound. You can uh, read her books as very intricate mysteries, and they're totally satisfying. You can take them to another level where they're really a conflict between good and evil. And uh, you can have a long discussion with anybody about them. Hi, my name is Jody, and 
one of the books I wanted to mention is not listed as a mystery. It's The Double Bind by Chris Bojalian. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Bojalian. Thank you very much. Everyone who I've talked to who read this had the same reaction that I did of needing to go back and reread The Great Gatsby because we each started reading it thinking, I thought The Great Gatsby was fiction, but he does such a convincing job with the characters, it leaves you wondering, and, and it's good to follow it up with it. But there is a woman who is a bicyclist who was attacked on her bicycle, and afterwards she became involved volunteering at a homeless shelter and wanted to follow up on the mystery of a box of photographs she found that were by a man who had been staying in the homeless shelter. And it really sent me with some twists. And then I could not also mention the Tana French Dublin Murder Squad series. Um, there are five of them, and she has another one coming out in August, thank goodness. And my two favorites out of that series are The Likeness and Faithful Place. And one thing that I really like that she does is pick a character that's in the background and make that a major character for one of the next books that she has coming out. Okay, my name is Joan, and I chose the classic Rebecca. <laughs> it came out in 1938, and it has never been out of print. That's how popular it is. And I have a story. I read that the second year we were married, and I talked about it so much to my husband, who was not a reader, but he read it, and he read ever since. <laughs> so... It's, it's just it's spooky, it's classic, it's descriptive, but you have to get quite a ways into it before the mystery comes. So, but it's beautiful narrative. I'm Jane, and this is the first time at this uh, meeting, and my sister Ellen invited me to come, and I do not have a favorite, favorite mystery, but I wanted to... Uh, Share. I was a school librarian out at Goodrich, and we had um, selected some the whole district public working with public librarians and school librarians started making lists of ten books each year for uh, the children to read during the school year. Then they vote on it, and um, the winner, the authors, are invited to the annual library association conference. Um, there's K three, four, six, and YA. And I dealt with the YA, and the very first year, which is over 20 years ago, was, I think it's Whispers from the Dead, and I know it's uh, written by Joan Lowry Nixon. So we started out with the mystery as a winner for, the, for this uh, group of books, and then later on, uh, one of her books won a second time for the, uh, for the best mystery for YA. So at least we tried to start, start the young people in mystery writing. My name's Ellen, and my very favorite mystery author is uh, Arturo Perez Rivera. And I'd never heard of him until I was about, well, I was a kid, I was 40, 45 years old when I first heard of him. And a uh, gentleman with whom I worked put me on to him. He's actually a Spanish writer, and the books are translated into English, and he's written many mysteries, and they're excellent, but they are not a series. They're different mysteries. The Seville Communion was my favorite because of the characters. 
writes great characters, great writing, and great dialogue. I truly, strongly recommend him. Then I also like Annette Meyer. And years ago, Janie and I used to go to mystery meetings, and one of the ones we went to was actually here in Omaha. And it's filled with about half mystery wannabe writers and half fans like us. And so we went, and I sat next to Annette Meyer's husband, who wrote hard-boiled detectives mysteries, and his name was Marty Mann. And then he introduced us to his wife, and she and I became really good friends. So we saw each other in New York after that, and then they put together a series of mysteries starting before New York was founded, but back east, and they did it under the name of Myers Man. And so that's a series. I don't know anything about Marty Mann's books, The Hard Boiled Detectives, but Annette Myers is very good, and Arturo Perez <coughs> Rivera is marvelous. And thank you very much for putting the article in the paper. Uh -huh. Thank you. Hi, I'm Barbara Horst, and I'm a first timer also. I saw the article and decided to come. I like to read, and I have read various series. My favorite seems to be whatever I'm reading at the present time. But um, I started reading mysteries really early because I discovered my grandfather had Perry Mason, Nero Wolf, and The Saint. And by junior high, I'd read all of them. And by junior high, I moved into Sherlock Holmes. And I just kind of, and right now, I'm rereading my Catherine Coulter FBI series which is one of my favorites. And I also love the cat who books because I'm a cat person. I'm Joanne, and I have a lot of favorite mysteries. But I decided to give credit to Carolyn Keene and uh, Nancy Drew books because I read those back in grade school, back in the late 40s and 50s, and I read every one of them. And they weren't great literature, but they turned me into a big reader. <laughs> Hi, I'm a first-timer, too. I'm Phyllis Stone. I'm a retired teacher and a professional volunteer. My favorite mystery is Rebecca, too. I love this book. I just love this book. But I mainly love Daphne du Maurier. And one of my other favorite authors is uh, Nora Roberts. She writes under uh, J.D. Robb. And those mysteries are so fun. Oh my goodness, I can hardly wait until 2069. Well, I am Ladina, and I wish I could retire, but I can't yet, so one of these days. Um, I guess I'm going to give a shout-out to local uh, Alex Cava, one of my favorites. Um, I think my favorite one by her was, well, of course, the Maggie O'Dell series is great. But uh, One False Move was one of her standalone. Um, that's probably one of my favorite ones. And she's a sweetheart. She comes to Omaha, the Barnes Nobles in Omaha, and signs her books. So I like listening to her talk. So yeah, Alex Cava, Trisha Cornwell, and everybody else. Hi, I'm Vicki, and I like a lot of different mysteries. I don't have as much time to read as other people, but... A lot of the ones that I do read, Patricia Cornwell, Sue Grafton, Sue Henry, 
the last year I've started reading Erica Spindler and some of her books, and I really enjoy those. I think uh, what really got me into reading mysteries was in my early teens, I started reading the Trixie Belden series and read all of them. So that's, that's how I started. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm a first-timer as well. Uh, my name is Greta. For my 15th birthday, my best friend gave me the complete work, the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Now, for years, I didn't, I didn't want to crack that. I mean, I would go to the library and, and check it out because the book was so beautiful and pristine. I didn't want to harm it in any way, but I, I still have it, and that book means an awful lot to me. I think Agatha Christie, Murder on the Orient Express, I loved. And I guess if you've never read The General's Daughter, that's an interesting murder thriller, I think. We were just visiting about a sort of a bit of a dark book, but it's called uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I mean, it's, you know, it is challenging, but it is great. My name is Kay, and I don't know that I have a favorite author. I read the Gershams, the Pattersons, the Cornwell, you know, Mary Higgins, Nora Roberts, and whatever. Uh, I've started reading. My son is an avid reader, and he flies a lot. He reads one going and one book coming. So I have a closet full of books now that I haven't completely read, but I would be interested in some new authors and maybe that I could share with him along the way. And uh, I find that... I'm reading a book, and next thing I know, I'm stirring in the gravy, and I'm going, oh, I better put this down. <laughs> so I do like to read, too. Well, I am Judy, and this is also my first time here, which is probably not a good thing. I probably should have been coming regularly, but I have another commitment on Thursday nights, and I have not been able to, but I am very glad to be here and supporting Scott. He has had me get started on a reading a variety of series and books in general. All of a sudden, I will get a phone call saying, hey, Mom, I just found something. Would you like me to just check this out for you so I can see it? <laughs> but I, I have several. I, I can't come up with a single favorite. But I, too, have enjoyed Sue Grafton, the whole series, Sorry, she's only got three more letters to go. Nevada Bar, I really have enjoyed reading about the national parks, especially the Rocky Mountain National Park book that she wrote about. That's been a favorite place to go, and so I was really looking forward to finding the one that was going to be about that. I also really enjoyed The Da Vinci Code, which seemed to fit as a mystery, because there certainly was mysterious things going on all the way through that. I'm Marcia. This is my first time. Um, I'm originally, my first almost 40 years was in California. So when I wanted some escape reading from my job, a friend said, go for women authors. And so I got hooked on Marcia Muller. And that's uh, Northern California, San Francisco area, which I knew. Uh, pretty well. And then um, I don't know what came next, but I got hooked on J.A. Jantz, and that's Seattle and Arizona. And somewhere along the way, Nancy Atherton came to me and, and Aunt Dimity and that kind of ghosty thing. And uh, Dorothy Gilman was fascinating to me. I'm not sure if she's still alive, but she had some 
things that weren't just mysteries but were statements of life. Uh, the Uncertain Voyage I reread recently. I don't know if Jody Picoult falls under mystery, but I really like her because you go into that and it's just a solid issue, <laughs> whether it's mercy killing or the Amish or, or whatever. So um, that's, you know, I do read some male authors, but I'm, I'm hooked more. <laughs> I, I even read Patterson recently, but I really am hooked on American women. <laughs> okay. Being asked to pick a favorite mystery book is like being asked to pick a favorite child. It just doesn't work. I, I could not come up with a favorite, but I came up with a couple that I really liked. They're both by the same author. Now, Don and I share kind of a bloodthirsty um, uh, uh, proclivity toward literature, which probably speaks to a great defect in our character, but, you know, we, we live. We, we manage. I chose a book by Ruth Rendell. I happened to be watching T. CM last month when they were doing all of their Oscar-nominated films, and a French film came on, and I was watching it, and I thought, gosh, this story sounds familiar. And come to find out at the very end, I discovered it had been based on A Judgment in Stone by Ruth Rendell. And the premise is that a rather uh, wealthy family hires this young woman, well, not so young, actually, but uh, they hire this woman to be sort of a maid of all work. And things kind of go along really well. She works really well. But what they don't understand is that she has a big secret, and that is that she cannot read. And uh, this leads to some complications because they leave notes for her to do things, and, of course, she ignores them, (laughs) you know. And Rendell has some really interesting things to say about the psychology of people who do not read, and then choose to perpetuate this as a lifestyle rather than to correct it and learn to read, they much prefer the way they are. And that's kind of what happened here. But as things go along, she meets a postmistress in a local village who is just flat-out bonkers. And the two of them form sort of a symbiotic relationship that does not turn out well. It ends up in murder and mayhem, and unfortunately, uh, Eunice is kind of the go-along person with this. The other gal is the one who perpetrates the crime, but, but Eunice, our, our maid of all work, is the one who is, is going to be caught in the end, actually, and, and the one who's going to be punished. So I guess the moral of this story is if you don't learn to read, you become a flat-out murderous villainess, and that's <laughs> probably not good. Probably not good. (laughs) What? We're all safe. We're all safe. We're all safe. The other book by Ruth Rendell that that was a real close tie for this is one called The Tree of Hands. And this is really scary. It's about an old gal who uh, comes across this beautiful little boy sitting on a wall by a park. And she picks him up and takes him home to her daughter, who has just lost a baby. And, of course, you don't do that. Um, and, you know, as, as things transpire, the, the daughter is horrified, but she doesn't want to get her mother in trouble. And she is missing this child that she lost, and she starts to bond with this child, and things just go from bad to worse. And this little boy had come from a very neglectful household, so he has it made in his mind because these two women are just falling all over themselves to make life wonderful for him. But 
it's really scary what happens to that in the end. Ruth Rendell is a master of psychological suspense. If you like that kind of thing, I would recommend The Tree of Hands and The Judgment Stone. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Thank you. Um, I'm Tracy, and I, like uh, Don, am really into more of a like a thriller, horror, suspense. I like something I can really get my teeth into, something dark. I like dark stuff. But... Um, I'm thinking back, and when I was a kid, I was actually a reluctant reader. I did not enjoy reading at all, which I find amazing nowadays. But I didn't start reading and enjoying reading until I, there was a contest when I was in fifth grade, I think. And whoever mo read the most books, you had to get, like, it was like a readathon, and you had to get pledges or whatever, and whoever read the most got a watch or something like that. And I ended up reading the most. And what I got into was The Three Investigators, which... I bonded over that with Scott. Now, I don't have the whole collection of them. In fact, I had like a little series of like four of them, and I don't know where they've gone. But I remember riding my bike every, you know, two or three days down to the little local library in Wahoo and checking out more. <laughs> they were they're just like captivating, and I loved. Of the three characters, there's three boys that, you know, solve these mysteries, and they're always endorsed by Alfred Hitchcock, which is cool. Jupiter Jones, Pete, I can't even remember his name now, Pete. Thank you, Pink Crenshaw. Jupiter Jones is like the brainiac, the smart one who, you know, he's basically ultimately the one that, that solves all the mysteries. But then there's Pete Crenshaw who does like the hard, like athletic work. He's like very sporty and jockey. And then there's Bob. Yeah, I think that's right. I had him, I had him here before. Bob is the bookish one that works at the library. And I always kind of connected with him, even though I wasn't into books at the time, and I was like, oh, working in a library, that would be so cool. I work in a library now. <laughs> so, I don't have any particular one that I had, like, looked into or whatever. I just remember the three investigators, what, what got me into mysteries, and now I'm kind of coming back to that, and all these suggestions I'm getting from all these people are just fabulous. I love them. So, thank you, everybody. It's been great. Hi, I'm Christy, and I just want to apologize for being late. I work at the legislature, and the Deer State Senators would not stop talking tonight. Oh, and I guess they didn't realize I had book club to go to. I'm like, please wrap this up. So I, I, I do apologize for my tardiness, but I'm so glad to see all of you. And when I started, I remember I told Scott, I like cozies, I said sort of self-righteously. Like, please don't scare me or make me sad. But the first, time, the first book club I went to, we read The Archer mayor book and it was like my eyes had been opened I was like I'm a police procedural girl I didn't realize this <laughs> and I obviously I didn't realize how wonderful Archer Mayer is he really has become one of my favorite authors uh, his series are wonderful um, and he's also led me to some of my other favorite authors like David Baldalci and Elizabeth George so I just want to say how much I love this book club because it really does make me read stuff I would never read. And it just makes me realize I don't just like cozies. I'm not done yet, but I like more than cozies. <laughs> well, I'm Mary Lou, and I can relate. I'm a Harry Bosch fan. Uh, I'm reading a David Ball Doshi right now about my fifth one in an, as many weeks. I just, once I get on to somebody like that, and he grabs, I mean, the minute you start his books, he grabs you. Oh, I just have so many favorite authors. Here, Coben, Harlan Coben. I like Sue Grafton because, and my favorite of hers was V for Vengeance. I love The Memory Man, by the way. But V for Vengeance, I like her because she makes me laugh while I'm trying to figure out what in the heck's going on. 
and then I've even carried this mystery thing into my another area of my life, which is genealogy. So mm -hmm. I guess it's in my blood. <laughs> my name is Tracy. Um, this is my first time. It was kind of a last-minute impulse to come, so I wasn't really prepared. I've been a lifelong reader, and I'm a fast reader, and I work for Lincoln Public Schools. So in the summer, I'm known to walk out of the library with about 10 books, uh, sometimes have 20 on hold. I religiously <laughs> go through the books on order every month and go that one, that one, that one, that one. And um, So gosh, to come up with a favorite author, I don't know. Um, Agatha Christie, I think, got me going when I was in high school. Some memorable ones. I like Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. I remember when I started the Agent Pendergast novels and being scared to death with Relic and Reliquary. Uh, another author that I like who's branched into so many series, he can really keep me busy, is Clive Cussler. And I like those because they deal with usually mysteries involving something to do with the ocean, under the ocean. Um, so you learn a lot about that, about ships, about things like that. Plus, he always has a historical bent to it. It starts often hundreds of years in the past with an event and then ties that to something that they find in the future and involves a mystery. And there's just a lot of fun things in those books. So um, and many, many others. I'm, like her, a voracious J.D. Robb reader and... Uh, everything from cozies to, to whatnot. So I have to keep my authors on a Word document so I can keep them straight. My name is Paula, and I, like you, started out as a cozy reader, and I still like them. I still read all the authors I did before. I thought, how can I pick my favorite mystery? Usually my favorite mystery is somebody that I love to read, the last one I just read. You know, but I decided that I would pick, I mean, you know, I, I started out reading Dorothy L. Sayers and uh, Agatha Christie, like everybody else, and Earl, Earl Stanley Garner got me started reading every lawyer book I could find, lawyer mystery. But I got so that, like you, I, I loved reading women, you know, strong women by women authors. A lot of times if they had a cat was all right, too. <laughs> But this this group got me, and I was one of the ones saying, you know, curse you, <laughs> Scott, because, because I've started reading so many that I would never, ever have picked up, like uh, Randy Wayne White, yes. And I've read 16 or 17 of his now. I dread the day that I read the last one and have to wait because I'm like number 82nd on a list or something. <laughs> But I did decide that having just met Craig Johnson uh, when he came, went to the bookworm in Omaha um, early, or la late last year or earlier this year, I can't remember, um, I picked my, probably my favorite of his is called Hell is Empty. And I like uh, several of you have mentioned, almost all of you seem to like, you seem to go with Don on a lot of things, but I do love police procedurals on TV, and so I've gotten, so I really like them, you know, on, on this. I saw a 15-second commercial on Longmire when it was going to be starting, and I watched the whole first year, thought that they weren't, it wasn't coming back, so I started reading the books, and I'm so glad I did, because I love the series. I have my granddaughter always watches every one with me and wants to watch them again. But the books are so much better. And he has a lot of history. He has a lot of 
contemporary things, and he's just a, a brilliant guy. I mean, I'm talking about Longmire here, but obviously he comes from the mind of Craig Johnson. So that's what I chose, and, and this one's signed by him, the, the new ones, but I bought, I bought two of everything because I want to make, uh, I want to frame the, the uh, pictures. In fact, I suggested to him that he start having them printed up, you know, f suitable for framing. So we'll see what happens. But anyway. Well, I'm Jenny, and she kind of said what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Craig Johnson. Yeah. Um, uh, the one that I did pick, though, was James Doss. And his um, main character is Charlie Moon, who is a cowboy. I've never been into Westerns, but we in the book club were reading Longmire before they had a TV show, and I those books are deep, and you can read them again and again and get more beauty out of them each time, and these are also very, very good. Charlie Moon is a cowboy and a straight arrow and a good guy, and his family is, his Aunt Daisy is worth every book, and um, it's the story of his life, but each book kind of stands alone. I've just been in love with Charlie Moon for years. He's my hero. <laughs> So I recommend them. There's a lot of beauty in them, too, uh, the area and the stories, and there's some, a lot of spirituality in it, too. Um, unfortunately, the author did pass away, so the series is concluded, but he must have known because he wrapped it up in the last book, oh. although I did not care for the way he wrapped it up, but I can't argue with him now. <laughs> but if you get a chance and you can find it, try Charlie Moon. You'll really like the guy. Yeah. Oh, hi. I'm Anne. I'm new. I came unprepared. I don't have a favorite author, but the, my favorite book from our neighborhood book club last year was Defending Jacob by William Landry. My name is Pat. I've liked to read mysteries for a long time. In fact, for all of you who are librarians and teachers, when I was, my sister read to me so much when I was little, I learned to read pretty young, and I had a really nasty kindergarten teacher who was just this little mean lady and she worked at our public library part-time and I came to check out a book in kindergarten that was like Dr. Zeus I think you know how the Grinch stole Christmas or something and she started yelling at me and said you shouldn't you, you can't read this book yet you're not old enough and she made a mistake because that probably set the tone for the rest of my life that I just <laughs> dug in and said too bad I don't care what you think I took the book out anyway <laughs> But um, I have always liked cozies, but I also like police procedurals. Um, Deborah Crombie is one of my favorite authors. It looks like you've read that before, so read hers before. And I like to listen to Sue Grafton's book. The person, there's the earlier ones, um, I didn't like the person who read those as much, and then she switched to a person who I've read is a real good friend of hers now. That voice just seems like she really fits the books. I like Dick Francis. They're, his characters are always smart and really decent people who always figure out, you know, help people. They're really brave. I just like that justice is always served. Um, I used to read Ed McBain. John, I don't usually like the real gory ones. Jonathan Kellerman, um, I don't know if he, he's a psychologist in Los Angeles. This is kind of his deal. And some of his are a little bit more graphic, but I still like his. And Martha Grimes, I've always, hers are kind of funny. Her characters are sort of quirky and English and just sort of, I don't know, I don't know that if she's still writing, but the last time I read him, I mean, the guy, they talk about him living through a bombing in World War II, so it's kind of funny because she didn't have them age very much, but time was going on, and that, I always thought that was interesting how she was doing that. I thought Sue Grafton was smart that she kept hers all back in the 80s or whatever, so she didn't have to have her age too much. I'm going to stand. Hi, I'm Susie. I don't have a favorite. 
But I went back and decided that Agatha Christie, being the classic writer that she was, I would find one of hers that I picked, 1944 publication, Death Comes as the End. And I'm not sure that most people are even familiar with it. It is the only historical mystery she ever wrote. And it's set in ancient Egypt. And so it was really fun to read, have this myriad of characters and all the interrelationships and the jealousies and you know all those subtones and everything that go on in an Agatha Christie novel, but set in a wealthy household in Egypt with women's quarters and sons who um, are jealous of one another and want more power and the over you know the father who is all powerful and whatever. Um, I have had an opportunity to go to Egypt, so that made it even more fun. Mm -hmm. So um, that was that was it. I won't tell you how it turns out, but it parallels most of her things a little bit in that everybody could be guilty except one or two people. And as they die off, they don't get down to none, <laughs> but as they die off, then you start having to eliminate them. So it was, it was a good read. Well, <clears throat> my name is Brandon. Say so this prophesized I'm having a real hard time deciding. And it was going to be my starting quip to say it's like choosing between your two children. But that was, that was taken. So at least you haven't taken my authors, authors yet. So I suppose when I was looking at the reading I do, rather than just the mystery itself, what really intrigues me is the writing around it, the narrative exploration that the author goes through in the process of writing. And everything seems to revolve around California. I'm from California, Santa Barbara County, and I went to college in the Bay Area. Was I love Robert Crace and his Elvis Cole, Joe Pike series. And majority of my family lives down in L.A. And it's really neat when he's driving, they're driving down the road or something. Well, I've been there. Yeah, it is that seedy. Or, I mean, I know what they're talking about. It's familiar. It's really cool. The other one I like... This is from the North Bay, or actually from Watsonville, from near Santa Cruz, was Lori King. And even though she doesn't write about California, she writes the Mary Russell mystery series, the uh, reinterpretation of the Sherlock Holmes legend. Mary Russell in The Beekeeper's Apprentice, the first one, is walking, meets Sherlock Holmes. They strike up a conversation. He proposes in the second novel. So, I mean, you can see that things are starting to really go hot and heavy. And I, I like the, the writing around it, the way she's describing it, and particularly the strong female characters. The last thing I was going to say is, like, Lori King writes, the manner in which she writes reminds me a lot of Virginia Woolf. I read a lot of female authors from England. I had a seminar in college on Virginia Woolf and read a whole bunch of her novels. And, of course, it takes place with Sherlock Holmes, you're in England, yada, yada. And actually, I was turned on to both of those. Uh, Robert Crace, we read here, we read The Century. That was one of the first books. I don't think we read Laurie Russell in the time that I've been here, but it was through the, here, the, the club, that I found the two nov novelists and enjoyed their books. Hi, my name's LaJean, and I guess most of my authors have been mentioned. Sue Grafton, I guess, is my favorite. I've read most of hers, and 
those are the ones I enjoyed. I like John Grisham, too. I've read several of his. My name is Patty, and one of my favorite mysteries is called Kill Me by Stephen White. And I've enjoyed hearing all your favorite books. I have forgotten about lots of the books and authors that you've mentioned. So it's been good to hear about the old ones, too. Uh, I'm Dave, and uh, like so many of the others, I couldn't come up with a favorite book. I, I have so many I like. That, uh, I, but I do like the Elizabeth George series, and I like the British mysteries. And She's very good. I like her characters, Thomas Lindley, the aristocrat, and Barbara Havers, the kind of the, the more rough-and-tumble kind of person. And uh, they make a very good team. They, they solve a lot of mysteries. So I like them. But one thing that intrigued me was someone saying they like the, the book they're reading at the present time more than any other of the books. And I just started one uh, by Lisa Gardner, and I can't put it down. It's called Finder, and it's about uh, kidnap. It's a kidnap victim and what they go through and, and what they turn into. So just a, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> but anyway, it's a wonderful book. So uh, Lisa Gardner is also a favorite. She uh, has a D.D. Warren detective series. I'm Gene, and I got hooked on uh, reading mysteries when I started the John Grisham series. I guess, again, Sue Grafton is one of my favorite authors. I did realize that you never want to start reading one of her books in the evening because uh, you don't get any sleep that night at all. You have to miss that complete night. But um, I also like Brian Freeman. But I have a lot of authors, but I've, I've been a reader for years, but those are some of my favorites. I'm Sally, and I'm not a teacher or a librarian. I'm a <laughs> software programmer. But I started reading with Nancy Drew, and then immediately after that, I went to Agatha Christie, and then immediately after that, I went to Patricia Wentworth and her Miss Silver series. I think there's 32 books. They were written in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And she died in 61, but they were all really good, kind of like the Miss Marple books. And then I also liked um, John D. MacDonald a lot and all his Travis McGee novels. And then Faye Kellerman and her Peter Decker series, because you learn a little bit about the how Orthodox Jews live and the, keeping a kosher kitchen and all that kind of thing and the observances that they do. And I thought that was really good. But then a more recent author that I really liked was Joy Castro, and she is from Lincoln. And I think she teaches at the university, and the one that I listened to was Hell or High Water. And they've got a couple downloadable audiobooks by her on the library website. And I like to listen to anything that Scott Brick narrates. He is the best narrator yes. ever. Yes. My name is Charlotte. I work at Ben and Martin downtown. And I finally came up... <laughs> finally came up with Ellery Queen. Um, he was my first um, adult mystery. I grew up on um, the Hardy Boys. But I discovered Ellery when the TV series came out, starring Jim Hutton as Ellery and David Wayne as his father, Inspector Queen. And I just loved that series. And I lucked out. My grandfather owned several of the Ellery Queen stories, so I tore through all of his books. I hit the library, all the used bookstores, 
And out of all of the books, I finally decided Cat of Many Tales is my favorite one. And I think this is the only one that Ellery had a serial killer. And I love serial killers. <laughs> yeah. Um, it takes place in New York City in the late 1940s. Um, somebody is strangling people. And oh, and it's horrendously hot summer. And of course, nobody has air conditioning, so everybody's nerves are just tight. Everybody's crabby, and the newspapers are really winding up everyone. And they have no clue who's going to be the next victim because they're rich, they're poor, men, women, businessmen, maids. Nobody, they can't figure out the commonality to each of these victims, and they're all strangled. There have been five murders by the time Inspector Queen brings in Ellery to assist. Um, by the time they finally figure out what the common denominator is with everybody, then you that's ratcheted up to with the suspense as they're trying to catch the person in the act before they really do it again. Now, this is actually the 20th book in the series. There are 36 books. Don't start with number 20. You have, like any good series, you have to read them in order. Yes, absolutely. Hi, I'm Kathy. And one of my favorite authors was Tony Hillerman, and no one has mentioned him. Shame on you. You may love Harry Bosch. I love Joe Leaport. <laughs> uh, but the two I brought, uh, somebody mentioned Elizabeth Peters, and I first got acquainted with her when I was in the library, and this was years ago, and it came across a book called The Last Camel Died at Noon. Now, how could you resist? The last Camel And I, you know, the characters in that grow a lot. You get a lot of background in Egypt and Egyptology, and I love the Elizabeth Peter series with Amelia Peabody. And another one I liked a lot, I got from here, Josephine Tay, and it's The Daughter of Time, in which a detective is laid up in the hospital and gets interested in a mystery from a former king, and I'm going to give you one of the answers to the quiz, <laughs> because he happens upon uh, Richard III's picture, did he or did he not kill his nephews, the princes in the tower, and basically does a lot of research, so you get a lot of you know current and background, and so I really like uh, A Daughter of Time by Josephine Tay. Okay. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. If you would like to comment on this or any of our podcasts, you can do so by visiting our podcast page at lincolnlibraries.org slash podcasts, where you can also download our podcasting theme music for use as your ringtone. You can become a fan of our podcast by searching for Lincoln City Libraries podcasts on Facebook. Mm-hmm.